Hi, guys. Fernandes Lockwood, Nomad Fazoli, uh, for this week's edition of the Herald Tribune On the Grid podcast. We, we missed it last week. We're all out of town uh, doing various assignments. We did not have a podcast last week, Scott. And the week before, we got up to 94 listeners. So it's imperative that we get up to 100. See, I, I think, think today. I, I do think they missed us because I went a few places this week and they were asking me, is, is your, are you guys done or what's your deal? So if they're asking where we are, that means we must be making some steps in the right direction here. That's pretty good. Well, I get, I get enough people to ask me about the podcast, and then when we get the final numbers of listeners, I'm like, wait a minute, more people are asking me about the podcast than they're actually listening to it. So, Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure what to say about that either, but hey, if they're out there talking about it, then that's what matters. That's good. Uh, and what everybody is talking about, there are six teams left. Seven, seven if we're including St. Stephen's, but they're playing in the title game. We've got six left in the regional semis. Uh, you and I are going to be at one of the key games. Let's just go on the list. We have Braden River is at Venice. We've got Manatee at Riverview, a rematch of earlier this season. We have North Fort Myers at Charlotte. We have Palmetto at Tampa Bloomingdale. And, of course, St. Stephen's will be in the Florida Bowl on Saturday night against the Masters Academy. They'll be playing up in Orlando. Uh, great matchups. Uh, these are the teams that we kind of thought would be at the end of the year when the year started. Braden River, Venice. Venice has won five straight. Uh, Braden River goes into this game without knowledge. McDaniel, do you see that being a key a key missing piece? I think that is the X factor in this game. I mean, he he had, I think, 112 yards and a couple touchdowns or maybe one in that last game. And, of course, we, none, we weren't there that night, so we didn't see how it unfolded. But, you know, you take away a player like that who might be, I would say he's in the top three best players in this area, and you take that away, that's going to be a big loss for them. And, I think uh, Venice has gotten better defensively since then, and both teams have probably gotten better offensively, but I think that when you're going to be playing in front of probably maybe 7,000 people mm-hmm. at Powell Davis Stadium, it becomes one of the toughest environments in the state. And I think that um, Venice is going to – I just think they're going to be too much for Braden River again. You see the home home field advantage. Oh, when these two teams meet each other, play each other, does, does home field advantage, you think, come into play? Will, will playing in Venice uh, be a, be worth a couple extra points oh, I, on Peacock's team? I always think it has been. I mean, like we said, I cover, I was there for every game the last couple few years until this year when I did another farmer gig. And you just see how, how much they feed off the crowd. When you're down there on the sidelines and all that energy's coming towards them, they feed off that. And that's – especially in that game last year against Aquinas, that was the loudest I've ever heard a high school football stadium get. So – yeah, if they feed off that, and I just think it's going to be a tough road for Braden River to get over. I mean, they could. That's why they've got this far this year, and and things things happen when the lights turn on on Friday nights and the ball's in the air. So it's going to be a good one. I think of the games that we have left, that's going to be the best one. And like I say, usually is. I mean, if Venice has won however many straight, you say four or five in a row, mm. but it's like I said, anything can happen when that thing's in the ball's in the air. Now the winner of this, <laughs> the winner of this game moves on to the regional final. Uh, it's a winnable game, but uh, it will be down uh, where we've all been uh, to cover games in the past, right? Fort Lauderdale. Yeah, if they get whoever wins this game, I would say is going to be the clear favorite in the regional yeah. title game, and then whoever gets that is probably going to draw St. Thomas Aquinas, right. and, uh, and that's 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 not a favorable matchup for I think for anybody in this area. I mean, they've uh, they Venice caught them on a good year to catch them last year, and parlay that into the state championship, but. Uh, Every, t- every time you see an Aquinas score flash across the screen, anywhere they're beating people by 70, 60 points, and that that is just scary. And uh, I just don't see how any team from around here can be successful and get to the state final against those guys. You know, th- that's one team. You know, every team has ups and downs, but Aquinas is one 
obviously because they can get the best in the area and beyond, that uh, they never seem to dip down. Every year, we seem to have another local team who has a chance to go down there, and every year Aquinas is the favored. Yeah, uh, Remember George Smith used to be the head coach down there, and now I think he's still the athletic director. Saw him down there on Saturday. Yep, he's right. there. Yep. Exactly. So we, want to, we don't want to get ahead of ourselves. Brain River Venice is going to be a very emotional game, not only the emotion of any regional semifinal, but these two teams have a history. Their coaches have a history. I was just talking to a Brain River booster who's going to be at the game, and he said both teams hate each other. And I'm like, well, that probably emanates from, from the head coaches. I don't see any reason the kids would have to hate each other, right? But uh, take the lead from the head coaches. Well, there's that, and I've uh, I'm just got done writing a story on the defensive line that's going to be our centerpiece for tomorrow in the, on this rivalry game. and. It's uh, it's down to the players too, and I had a lot of these guys are telling me that they're saying, "Yeah, they talk crap, we talk crap." It's just part of the rivalry. Mm. And you go in Venice's locker room, there is a big sign on the floor of the locker room that says "Beat Braden River." Same sign used to be on the door; it might still be on the door. I couldn't remember yesterday, but that's just how much they despise Braden River. And I didn't see any of those when I was up at Braden River earlier this year. It's not to say they aren't there, but that rivalry—it's probably the most heated in the area, at least since the Sarasota Riverview rivalry in its heyday back in the 90s when I played. Speaking about uh, Riverview, they will be hosting Manatee in another regional semifinal. They played each other earlier this season, and it was a respectable score. Riverview won. Uh, Manatee had the uh, sort of clear path to the district title, and that sort of interrupted it. But I'm telling you, I'm looking on Facebook. I wrote a story a couple of days ago talking to John Sprague about the rivalry back in the day when he used to go against Joe Canan. Riverview is pulling out all the stops. They are getting old players from some of their old teams. John Sprague, Todd Johnson, is trying to get everybody out there Friday night to root on these Rams. Uh, do you think this will be another? Uh, you think it'll be another close game? Close I think night? that if Ollie Boyce gets going again, like he did in the last one, I think he had 199 yards and three touchdowns in that last game. I think one of them was receiving, but it was. I think they're. I think they're going to get that home field advantage again at the Ramble. I mean, I played there. It's it was special back then and. People tend to come out in droves for these playoff games, and um, I think that uh, Manatee they had a, that was a great game they played last week, getting by Osceola, a nice revenge win for them. Don't think anybody saw that coming, but um, congratulations for them to get into the regional semi. But I think that um, if they make enough adjustments, I think they can stay with them. But I just I just have a feeling that Riverview is going to pull this one out in the end, and and they'll end up going to face Vero Beach. And I think that was a rematch of one of the finals last year. Right, exactly, and that's yep. no walk in the park either. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, the other two games, Dennis Maffazzoli is not here. Dennis Maffazzoli uh, doesn't, uh, doesn't have a voice for radio, I guess. He, didn't, he couldn't make it today, so he'd be, he'd be good at breaking down uh, the next two games, both of whom uh, the teams in your picks tomorrow, that will be coming out in the paper tomorrow, you have them winning, and that's uh, North Fort Myers. You have Charlotte winning, and you have Palmetto going on the road and beating Tampa Bloomingdale. We just, uh, it always comes down to that kind of theory that the north side of the bridge versus the south side of the bridge, when the teams go as here go across the bridge, it just seems like there's a different level of play. I mean, outside of Tampa Plant, which they always give Venice a game every time they play them, it's just with Palmetto and the way that they can score from anywhere on the field. I just think that they're going to be a little tough and it'd be good for them. They're, I can see them getting to the regional final and having another shot at Venice, which will be tough for them because it'll be in Powell Davis Stadium should they win, or even against Braden River. That was a good game earlier in the year when Palmetto and Braden River played. Um, as far as the other one, that's, that's, yeah, the Charlotte, Charlotte North Fort Myers, that was a rematch of the homecoming game this year. And uh, I don't really, because I haven't covered Charlotte this year, so I'm not real sure. I know Muse has had a heck of a year as a running quarterback down there, and 
they had a great they did a great job of stopping a quarterback uh, who set a bunch of records up in Pinellas County this year. And so they got past him, and I could see them very easily winning. And I think it depends on how the rest of that bracket shakes out. If that number one seed wins down there, then Charlotte's going to be on the road next week, and which probably will happen. That's just kind of the discrepancy of the teams down that way. But yeah, either way, it should be a fun Friday night for those guys. Yeah, Charlotte, we talked about when Charlotte made the playoffs 20 years for Coach Brinky Waldrop. This is the 16th year they've been in the playoffs. So if you're looking at a team that's battle-tested, that knows how to get up for these type of games, it's Binky Waldrop's Toppins, and I like Charlotte, especially at home. Palmetto, we talked to Dave Marino at the beginning of the year. Uh, they thought their, their team was had a chance for a state run. They put up a lot of points. Uh, hopefully they're playing as well as the, the coach wants them to play right now. Uh do you like Palmetto in that one too? A high scoring affair. I think, I think it's going to be that one's going to be a shootout. I'm not sure there's going to be enough lights in the scoreboard for that right. one because because Bloomingdale can score too. And like I was saying a minute ago, it's just that up in that that area, it just seems like teams from down here always have some sort of advantage against them, and that's why I've got Palmetto winning that game. Uh, St. Stephen's, with the kind of year they've had. Uh, would it be a letdown if they don't win this game? I mean, I, what do you know about Masters Academy? Uh, St. Stephen's had a great year. Todd Cornetti has them playing very well up there. I mean, should we expect them to uh, to win? Or how how good is this? Well, they Windermere, Windermere Prep was the team that ended St. Stephen's winning streak earlier in the year, and a lot of people thought that was going to be another rematch in the cha- the championship game that because um, they'd see each other later in the year. And then um, this team from Orlando just blasted Windermere Prep last week. It was that the score was just not pretty. It wasn't what we were expecting. And I think that uh, our friend Dr. Pinkos, if I saw this, has them listed as a 21-point favorite of St. Stevens. I didn't read that right, but uh, I think that it's going to be a close game. I think if D.J. Clark has another error, I think they can get it done. Okay, we had a little bit of, uh, of, of technical snafu. It looks like we're back on. You know, before we move on to uh, swimming and volleyball, um, you had a story today, obviously a big day in a high school athlete's life when they know where they're going to be going to play for the next four years. Signing day, you are a man on the spot yesterday. Uh, I've seen more names in the past. I've worked here a long time. I've seen a whole, a lot more players advancing onto to college, but it was a nice day for all the local athletes. Yeah, there was. I know ODA had a lot. I was down in Venice yesterday, and that they had a dozen of them in Venice, and Nine of them, I think, was nine of the nine of the twelve athletes won one state championships. You had swimmers, you had a baseball players, some of the volleyball players from last year's state championship team. You had rowers that have won awards along the way, and that just I can and I wrote in my story lead that that's kind of a microcosm of you can describing Venice's athletic program over the last couple of years. It's all these state championships, and there were several others around the area. So, major congratulations to all of them. I also went to Sarasota Crew and saw them because it was on the way back. So, I might as well stop there and. There was a friend of mine whose daughter was recognized there, so it's kind of neat to see that too. And uh, so, yeah, just a great day all around. They're always they're always neat to see that these kids getting you know they've worked hard for this. They put in the time, they put in the effort, they know what it takes, and they're, now their education is more than likely being paid for. And and down in Venice, you had two of them that are going to serve their country. You had Tessa Bowen going into the Navy for volleyball, and uh, Kevin DeBrule, who said it was his dream come true to go into the Army. So that's very cool that they were doing that. You know, it's always great. I mean, I wasn't needed yesterday because maybe we didn't hit enough schools. But, uh, you know, uh, like we all do every signing day, we go out in the morning, we go to the schools, they have the ceremony, and they have the, the players there signing their letters of intent. And you can just tell by the looks on their faces because we all take photos of them. 
that they realize this is a turning point moment in their lives. They've worked their whole lives to that point. And now it's up to them to yeah. see what they do with, with that chance they've been given going forward. A lot of these kids announce their commitments online and stuff like that. Some of them are announced maybe as, as long as two years ago, you know, but you're finally putting the pen to the paper, making it official at this point. And that's why it's so neat to see that. You see the parents' reaction, the family reaction, the friends' reactions, all the photos. It's, all, it's obviously something they'll remember the rest of their life, so it's neat to see. Yeah. I think a few years ago I was there when Karan Higdon uh, put pen to paper to go to Michigan not everybody's going to turn out to be Karan Higdon, but yeah. uh, he's had a wonderful career and a wonderful season up in Michigan, and he should be a first-round draft pick. He's over, well, he's over 1,000 yards. I think he's had the best Michigan running back season since 2011, I think I saw somewhere. Was his ceremony the one where he did the hat flip? I can't remember. It was, uh, he was somewhere else ended up being Michigan. Uh, man, you're asking me to go back. What five five years? That's you can't remember what happened five minutes that's ago. Let alone my fifty-six year old brain. <laughs> but uh, congratulations to all the kids going forward, Absolutely. and we'll be following them. You mentioned Venice's title. I was out at the uh, the class title. They got the Stewart, and they win it. Uh, Eric Katz, who's the uh, the brother of former Riverview swimmer Austin Katz, picked up a first and a second. And uh, you know when you look at Venice. With the titles they've won already, adding a fourth one to the trophy case. Pretty impressive. Yeah, it is. And I think that, that that's a 12th state championship in program history, 11th or 12th. And it, they've had an amazing run. That was uh, you know the three of them in one year last year in three major sports. I mean, I don't think that's ever happened. With maybe you look, When I was down in Aquinas, uh, down there for the volleyball state semi, there had to be 50, 60 state championship banners in that gym. That was That's kind of intimidating for anybody to see, but... You know, for a public school to do what they did last year, it was such a feat, and it's still the momentum has kept going. I mean, their volleyball team came up a little bit shorter than expected, but that was a tough match down there at Aquinas. I'll give a, I'll give props to the Raiders, and that's why they have won three of the last four state championships. So, it, yeah, good stuff. Well, you know, I've never been to the volleyball uh, facility down there, but I've covered many a game in the football, and it's a home court advantage, home field advantage for the home team. It sounds like reading your story that the the court was a home court advantage oh, for the well, home team. Yeah, the at least even on the Venice, Venice traveled very well as expected. They had a bus go down there. A lot of people were down there. That state that gym was full a half hour before that game tipped off. And I mean, even the Aquinas sideline, they the, their entire football team was there. There might have been some more too. They even roped off half the visiting sideline for Aquinas folks. And uh, you never see that, but all the Venice people were still there, and they were as loud as they could be. It just uh, kind of came up a little short. But anytime you go to Aquinas for anything, it's just the intimidation factor alone. I mean, you, once you walk, you walk into that football stadium, and you walk by their trophy room, which there's trophies overflowing from the case. They're on the floor. They're on tables. They're all over the place in that room. And you just happen – it's right by where the visitor's locker room is. You walk out and see it as you're going on the field, and – it's, that's why people are so intimidated by when they play them every year. Yeah, forget about playing the actual uh, team you're facing. Facing that legacy, you're facing that aura, and somehow you have to put that aside and just face the team you're playing that day, Yeah, which, which, which is kind of tough. Uh, swim-wise, we got to mention Riverview, which, you know, they were going for their fifth straight title. Uh, they came up short. I think they finished in seventh place, and then I find out after the match or after the, the meet that Venice... I don't know whether Riverview boys had a, had a problem with with the coach or something. They had three or four swimmers leave Riverview and go to the Venice squad, which I'm sure helped them to the state title. Yeah, yeah, it does. And um, it's swimming is one of those sports for the they're all they come out of that sharks program, right? 
And so they're all there, and that's just another feather in the cap for the YMC. The Sarasota Sharks program, they're unbelievable. I mean, they win state championships all the time. And, you know, it. Uh, so not surprised to hear that. And props to uh, Jana Menorini and her staff and what she's done with that swimming program at Venice. Right, right. I got to speak to her, and she was very, very excited. Finally, you know, talking about volleyball, talking about Riverview losing, we can't forget Kondo Mooney. Kondo Mooney is in the title match Saturday night versus Trinity Catholic 20... What's that? It's today. Today, excuse me. Yeah. Why did I have the... Gee, I must have banged my head again. Uh, yes, the match is when? Today at 4 p.m. and we're recording this at um, Thursday afternoon. So it's going to be... By the time you by, hear by the, the time you listen to this, the, the outcome will be known. Yeah, exactly. So we... I'm surprised. <laughs> Matt's down there and if you... Um, Sure, he'll he'll his story will be online and stuff like that later. Mooney has had this plan for three years that when Chad Sutton took over, he wanted to build that program around the seniors, and they're in the position to do it. And um, we both, Math and I, both wrote stories. I talked to the underclassmen how excited they are, and you know, I think he did the seniors and the coach and stuff like that. And they've uh, Trinity Catholic. They're it's going to be a tough match for them, and even getting as far as they have has been a heck of a feat. And if they bring the state championship home, uh, that, that's going to be a big deal over there at Mooney. Uh, I checked. Ch- Chad Sutton's been there three or four years, hasn't he? I've, uh, five years. Of, I've, I've checked his numbers, and the team has gotten progressively better yep. every year. So, And I, I've talked to Chad. I think you have, too. He is, he's the kind of guy who you have to play. You better play for him or you're not going to play. He's a very intense, yep. at least from talking to him, uh, very much intense, very much to point for his players. And I was very impressed when I saw uh, Kyle Mooney play. They have some great front-line hitters, yep. and they play as a team, which I think at this level you really need to do. I saw them play in, against Riverview, and when he beat them in five sets, I was like, you knew they were for real that night. They took Venice to four sets earlier in the year. And that was early in the year when these t- these they're still kind of fighting their feet and getting wet and stuff like that. And they knew that uh, they all told me that they knew they had a chance to be special when they took Venice. They almost took them to five in that one, and that was in Venice too. So it was, you know, they they knew something was right then, and they're right where they feel like they should be. And you know, Coach Sutton, you say he's very intense. He kind of reminds you of another coach around the area who, if you don't play for him, then you're in trouble. And that's a uh, Mr. Wheatley, as we uh, know, right? And him and his five state championships, but. Uh, I think they're on the precipice of something special there at Mooney in volleyball. We mentioned Matt Fazzoli, uh, Dennis, is on the scene uh, for volleyball. Obviously, he'll be tweeting out scores. So if you want to get uh, the most update scores and results, obviously tweet Math. Uh, at, become a follower at Math. At, uh, Math Sports, M-A-F-F Sports. All one word, Math Sports. So type in his name, but it's a lot easier to just type in Math Sports. Yep. Uh, take our word for it. And I'm going to be treat, I'm going to be live tweeting the uh, Venice Braden River game Friday night. You can always follow me at Indy Scott. Uh, it's just kind of a heritage thing with the Indy thing, of course, which Matt, you'll make fun of me forever on. But uh, but yeah, that's that's how we'll be tracking the game Friday night. Doug and I, like I said, will both be there, and it's going to be a fun time. Look forward to it. Uh, always like these big-time events where the people come out and the players, you know you're going to get the best performance out of these two teams. So we got a lot to, lot to wrap up next week. Hopefully we'll be, well, we will be talking about football teams remaining in the hunt. Uh, before we sign up, anything that we missed? Anything you'd like to shout out to? I think we've got it covered. Uh, I think the uh, like I said, we shout out everybody. You know, getting their college deal signed this week. It's like I said, it's always a neat thing to do. And and the national signing day, the, the the next one's in February, and that's 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 kind of a hectic thing to cover. But to, to see their reactions just makes it worth it. We had ninety four uh, listeners before. 
Hopefully you came back after a week week off and we'll get it over 100. Are we going to do a lock of the week or are we done with that at this point? No, it's a good, it's a good idea. I think we should go for our lock of the week. And this will, be, uh, this will probably be the last one. Because you, you go first. What's your lock of the week? Charlotte over North Fort Myers. I'm going to take the easy way out. Okay. And I'm going to take the easier way out. I'm going to go with Palmetto. Well, not easy because Palmetto has to go on the road. But I like Palmetto. I like Palmetto's offense. I think Coach Marino has them playing pretty much about as best as that team can play. So I like Palmetto in this. And hopefully we'll see you next week if we're right, Scott. Yeah, that's right. I think we are still tied because we all took wild locks of the week in that last podcast. They all end up coming right, and we've all got one loss. So. One loss. So yeah. we'll, we'll see. I don't, I don't expect this to, to break the tie. We may have to go another week. It's going to go down to a coin flip in the whoever plays in the final game, I think. That will be it. So that's another reason to look forward to and keep listening. So for Scott Lockwood, I'm Doug Fernandes. We'll talk to you next week on the HT Podcast.